Hey guys, you are listening to the Dirty Sheets podcast. Now, as you guys knew, um, Cav was not doing the show for around 16 weeks because of the NFL, and we were going to have regular replacement guests on the show. But we weren't supposed to have those guests um, but in back-to-back weeks. But the situation has changed. Um, things have happened this week. And the only person I would want to discuss them with is the same guest that we had previously. So at this point, let me reintroduce you again to Mr. Brad Shepherd. How's it going, Billy? How's it going for you? Um, I, figured, <laughs> I figured we'd have you on a couple of times over the three months because you're a popular guest. But I with everything that's happened and obviously looking at your Twitter account as well, I, I thought that it made the most sense to have you straight back on. Um, but as we gave them so much last time, we are going to keep it quick and stick to these two topics. Um, one of which doesn't really involve either one of us. It's just um, a situation where um, we've improved right, basically. Well, we've improved right on both counts, I think, but one of them doesn't directly involve us. Um, it just it's just something that we've both been on board with um, for for a long, 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 long time. And that's obviously being against these tribal, dangerous, weird AEW fans. So we'll talk about that second. The first thing we'll talk about, because it's a lot quicker and it does it directly involve me. But again, it's a situation where we were right, is this K100 situation. Uh, and it actually did start from you, which is weird. Um, because you were going back and forth about something with Conan, uh, Conan, Conrad Thompson, sorry. Um, and I'll get the background from that, from you, um, and your background with Conrad as well, if there is any, but through that conversation, I was defensive of whatever point you're making, which again, we'll talk about in a second. Um, it led to him popping up in my DMs. Now, don't fall for the disingenuous just disingenuity of conrad thompson because he came in with a typical conrad message he's very political he tries to play all sides um he'll play any side that benefits him and maybe it works because he's elevated himself to a level in the wrestling media where some people and you know the ones who will just be like Oh, yeah. Oh, it's cool, Conrad. Oh, don't worry. Oh, hey, maybe we could do a podcast together. And I'll oh, just say, please let me come to your next event. And let's just and please say hello to me. No, I don't give a fuck. Like, as far as I'm concerned, he's a he's a social climber. He's one of these people who need to realize that you you see the same people on the way up as you do on the way down. And he used our podcast on the way up when something to wrestle with was was launching, or at least in its first four or five weeks, we actually enjoyed the show. We immediately got him and Bruce Pritchard on for an interview. And again, that was also when we were at our utmost peak. And it was my show was simulcasting on the data sheets and um, on Sports Kida. So all of the Indian fans that, that, that we had over on Sports Kida got an introduction to Conrad Thompson. And he wanted that. So he was all cordial and good with us and happy to come on and then we started to get into some run-ins with some people and suddenly didn't know us so that that's kind of how he is uh, and then more recently when i was on k100 and i was um 
obviously on there regularly and I was having Bischoff on my show, who's somebody who's on his show. He wanted to be friendly and cordial again. Um, and he was very happy to, and had no issue with having me at StarCast at 2022. Now, a, prob- a person who did have a problem with me apparently being there was Joe Feeney, who was on my very own podcast. Now, I didn't know Joe had a problem with me being there because Joe was assigned a very simple task. Get Billy tickets, get Billy media passes to represent K100. A direct order from the people that he works for, which is Conan and Disco. And Joe is a white pasty loser bitch. And his job (laughs) is to simply listen to what his bosses tell him to do. His job was not to go to Conrad Thompson and say this. And when Conrad had no problem with it saying, yeah, that's fine. Knowing that I work with Conan, Conan and Disco knowing that I've been establishing a relationship with someone he works with too, Eric Bischoff, and knowing that me, Bischoff and Cav had produced very good content and Bischoff had even come in and replaced Russo for a few episodes on podcast and a poll. No, knowing that Conrad was fine with it. And instead of just doing his job and being the little subservient, little pasty white useless user virgin (laughs) bitch that he is, he had to turn around and say, Hey, I don't really want you to do this. Just, I just want you to know that I've been told to do this. And Conrad's like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. He goes, yeah, but this guy's a piece of shit and I don't really like him, but those guys don't see any sense. And I really want him off the show and I need to realize what he's like and started putting all of these things out into the air because he didn't like me. And why didn't he like me or want me on the show? Well, it's plain and simple. He's, he's one of these people who whilst is on Conan's show with Disco and whilst they all pretend to uh, um, be this rebellious kind of anti-podcast, they all actually want to be friends with all of the the same people. Um, So whilst they did have me on the show, deep down, they knew that the the route to appeasing the, the wrestling media and having more widespread listenership, even though it would significantly damage the quality of the show would get very much away from this rebellious this this fake rebellious tag that they want to have when none of them are rebels um would be to probably have Meltzer on probably have Sean Ross Sapp on instead of me probably have a relationship with Ryan Satin probably be able to have guests on from AEW probably even have Tony Khan on himself but they can't because the only reason they have to pretend they're rebel podcast is because everybody fucking hates the Disco Inferno and nobody will come on the show because they have so much heat with him. But there's obviously a certain level of loyalty to their credit where Conan turns around and says, okay, that's my friend. We started the podcast together. I know everybody hates him, but we have to draw a line. We can only have guests on uh, that are okay with Disco being on there because in Joe Feeney's perfect world, he wouldn't have Disco on there either because it would really open the doors to him having all kinds of wrestling media geeks on there, which would benefit the show. And these are all really the people that Joe Feeney is a fan of. So whilst you're trying to have a rebel podcast, your producer is the biggest loser mark that that you could possibly have doing the show. So when you get me on there, who is very anti-establishment and doesn't do this for money, he immediately got nervous. He immediately, he immediately lost bowel movement and was always, always looking to get me off the show. So when I was complaining 
and saying to Conan and Disco, hey, something doesn't add up because according to um, the comments that I'm getting and the responses that I'm having from the things that I say on the show and from this genuine rebellious attitude that I have, not manufactured, but just genuinely the way I've always taken an approach to this wrestling bullshit, um, these comments don't match up because I go out into the public to these events. Everybody stops and talks to me. Everybody wants a picture. My DMs don't correspond to what's happening. Yet I go on the YouTube channel and I'm flooded with negative comments. You look, you go through a mailbag. Um, I do a 30 minute segment on there where I do the news. I cover sports for you, which um, you guys are not qualified to do. I give out winning betting picks and you're getting negative emails. Something doesn't make sense. This guy or somebody is filtering out the positive emails. No, no, we read some positive ones as well. Yeah, I don't think you understand what I'm saying, dickheads. The, the ratio doesn't add up the entire time. So I continued to complain, continued to complain, continued to complain, and in the end just began having um, an attitude towards it, which inevitably led to me not being on the show, which is absolutely fine because multiple times in the background, which they won't acknowledge, I asked to leave the show. Then, as we fast forward to the modern day, or, or just as I was leaving, um, when they were trying to bury me, I didn't care about anything that they said. Anything. He's a prick. He's a piece of shit. Like, I, I don't care anything about anything. And I've always said this. If you want to bury my personality, that's fine. It's subjective. I don't give a shit about that. You can, you can do that. But to bury my level of accuracy for wrestling news and then they went as far as to bury my livelihood and pretend my betting service wasn't popular wasn't wasn't profitable that was an absolute fucking joke and this is all why disco inferno sits there brad and pays mm. me 125 dollars a month he pays me 125 dollars a month knows that he makes a ton of money and sat there and was completely gutless to actually say anything because he wants to stay on side with those guys because he knows He's lucky to have that job anyway, because he knows he stands in the way of that podcast being more successful in the way that both Joe and Conan want it to be with them being able to get Meltzer and Sap and AEW wrestlers on there. Disco stands in the way of that. So he just sits there, shuts the fuck up, doesn't rock the boat and knows that they are lying and trying to directly damage my livelihood. But I'm supposed to be the bad guy when these are the ones who, when one guy has deliberately sabotaged me from the very minute I got there, deliberately went to Starcast, the guy, that, the guy that was fine with giving me tickets, and said to him, this guy's a piece of shit. I don't want him there. I want you to know this is 100% Disco and Conan. To the point where Conrad sends me a message going, hey, I thought we were cool, buddy. I was always cordial with me and your kid. It's like Conan, Conrad, sorry. I know you're a fucking plastic piece of shit. I, I know, I, I, see through, I see through you completely. Yeah, you were nice to my face, but I also saw your DMs to Sean Ross Sapp saying, hey, what's the problem? Are you cool? If you want if you want that guy thrown out of here, I'll throw him out. Why did he say that? Because he already thought I was a prick. Why did he think I was a prick? Because the guy getting me a media pass told him I was and told him that he didn't really want me to have one. And, if, and he was only asking for Conan and Disco, and he's tried to tell them that I'm a prick and they yeah. don't listen to him. Mm. Conrad literally shot me this exact pathetic text that you've seen um showing you yeah me, how how joe asked for me to have a pass well yeah i mean i saw it it's it's real 
You know, what stood out to me, Billy, is how two-faced Joe came off by doing something like that, kind of throwing you under the bus or stabbing you in the back without saying it to your face first. I mean, it just felt a little, if he had an issue with you, why wouldn't he come to you and and bring that up? I just, I don't understand that. Does, does it not sum these people up? Because the thing is, is that the that the entire time, I was I was saying on the podcast that one of the main reasons that I was not happy there was wasn't to do with um, the schedule or what I was being asked to do or and they were not unhappy with me they were unhappy with me continuously moaning and they couldn't understand obviously even when you have a guest on when you're Con- when you're Conan and Disco and you're doing nothing and you have no technological skills and the only thing you bring to the table is you know, a careers that were 25 years ago, and neither of them were main eventers by any means. Yeah, but, but you know, disco, the disco and Ferdy. You know, he's got uh, he's got the Kermit the Frog voice, you know, and he says uh, he says things on the internet he doesn't believe just to troll people. But uh, yeah, that old uh, Glenn Gilbernetti, you know, he he's so cool. Conan, he's so cool, pretending not to know my name. Yeah, those guys are. They're keeping it 100, Billy. I don't know if you knew that. And that and that, and that and that's the thing. Like that that was one of the things that shone through throughout. Uh, very quickly that you you realized that that whole that whole tagline, the whole name of the show, it was all pretense. It was all basically an image that they tried to to curate. And a lot of that was built around the fact that okay, we've got Disco here. Everybody hates him. He's 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 buried himself in the in the business he's burnt they tell me about oh be careful billy you you know you burn a lot of bridges it's like yeah but this isn't my actual job this isn't my industry i haven't burned bridges in the betting industry like i all, all they want in the betting industry is to to make money it's very very funny how um i i'm the, I'm the exact same person with the same political opinions yet in a completely different industry I'm a massively successful podcaster who's massively popular, who doesn't get into arguments, who isn't trying to get cancelled because you know what? These people just want to make their money. And as I always say to Cav, I'm less scared, Brad. I'm less scared and less paranoid and less stressed on a week-to-week basis telling people how to spend their hard-earned money, which can result sometimes in a loss of earnings. They can do what I say, and it can result in them losing hundreds of dollars a week, which more often than not, they don't, thankfully, which is why I'm still able to do it. But the risk is genuine. I could say, bet on this, and it could not happen. Um, this So far this season, I've had three winning weeks in the NFL, right? And week four could be an absolute disaster. Uh, I could be completely wrong about everything in week four, and somebody could lose six or $700 on Sunday. I would not get one single abusive message. I would not get one single abusive message about it. I would not get one thing trying to cancel me. And these people would have actually lost money. Now, by comparison, um, actually, g- give, me, give me your take on that. And I'm going to send you the comparison. I'm going to send you a, a DM that I received yesterday. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, you know, the whole thing is just, I don't understand it at all, but you're right. I mean, you know, Disco has burned his bridges in the industry, and he just does it to be a dick. I mean, this guy, 
a lot of the stuff he says trying to be an edgelord, he doesn't actually believe. He's just trying to rile people up. Um, you know, so he's kind of a phony. He thinks he's funny. He's just like he's like an old man, like a boomer using social media. Um, you know, it's kind of like what my like grandmother posts on Facebook. Like they don't, you know, <laughs> it's passed them by, uh, you know. And so, like, and I've heard his takes on, you know, sports, for example, as you talk about your betting site. And I don't think he has a lot of great, you know, sports insight. Uh, neither does Conan. I mean, the guy can hardly string a couple of sentences together uh, that make sense, you know, because he's higher than giraffe pussy while he's recording the podcast. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, they yeah. have their, their audience they built. But, yeah, I, I mean, people aren't watching uh, for Glenn Gilbernetti, whatever the fuck this guy's name is. Uh, and, and Conan, you know, he's got a legacy, but... You know, at the end of the day, what real insight is that guy providing? Yeah, I, I've never been on board, and perhaps it's some there's a hypocritical element on on my part um, because, or actually, then again, no, because I never listened to their show. Uh, but I, I mean, just the, the only hip, hip, hypocritical element for my part would be the fact that I not listen. I don't listen to any shows that have old wrestlers on it talking about the the modern day business because i just don't believe that the wrestling bub the the solutions to wrestling um come from within the wrestling bubble they just don't they just haven't done for the last 10 years we've con we've continually relied upon um wrestling bubble people to to fix things and we still just get people um delivering ideas from inside the wrestling bubble you have Currently, the, the state of Raw, I understand that everybody wants to heap praise on WWE. And yes, they're doing very well from a business standpoint. But I don't think these these new owners will be impressed um, for, for, for a long period of time when you continue to deliver that wrestling-heavy, unentertaining level of content that you produced on a Monday. Um, it's a very formulaic wrestling show that just has um, a lot of long matches in it which are, are broken up through advert breaks and it's something that russo recognized and if you are uh, somebody who um isn't an obsessed wrestling mark who will eat anything that you're given who's, who's who, who will accept anything that you're fed you will very quickly understand from doing four podcasts with Conan and disco to doing four podcasts with vince russo that vince russo still still has more of a clue and has more cognitive abilities and, and more of an understanding as to how you fix wrestling now and what works better with a modern day audience, even in his sixties, than these two guys have who are supposed to be cool and down to earth and, and rebellious. No, they're, they're not. They're old wrestlers. They're old wrestlers with old wrestling takes. Russo has never been that. If you sit with Russo long enough and you do enough podcasts with him, you'll understand that, it is, you may as well fucking roll the dice and take a few of his ideas because he still knows how yeah. to speed up a three-hour wrestling show. And that philosophy of, I don't want more than five to eight-minute matches unless, obviously, I mean, yeah, there's a compromise. I, I will say that the tag match that closed out Raw this week was very good. But you know why that doesn't stand out? Because loads of, show, loads of matches on the show were very long. So giving that main event, a very good main event, a very exciting main event as far as uh, when they went home, 
which is when matches do get exciting. Um, I don't care what other people say. That that's where I I wake up and put my phone down. Um, I'm not watching the. I'm not intent, intent, intently watching the first 10, 15 minutes that I know is going to go to an ad break because I'm so programmed into the formula of Raw. Yeah. But the finish was very well done. But the reason why it's not sticking in my memory and why I'm not going on to Twitter or X and saying, wow, what a finish and, and whatever, is because of the boredom that I had to endure and the number of other long matches that did not warrant that television time prior to that point. And that is the difference between between someone like Vince and someone like these guys. But you have to be on the show to realize, hey, you're just old wrestlers. You may try and be cool and you may try and bring in a little bit of sports and a little bit of politics, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about with any of these subjects. You're just force-feeding it onto your show. You're in no real strong position to talk about vaccines or Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Fauci or... or or sports or, or any of these pop culture things you're trying to do. If I want pop culture, I'm not going to listen to someone who's smoked his brains out, damaged his own kidney, mm. and Disco Inferno who works at a strip club because they didn't save his money. Yeah. Like, I'm not going right. to... None of them saved their money. Yeah. So why am I talking to them? Why do I need life advice or political advice or any advice from two guys who were at the peak of primetime television and both have significantly less money than me? Try and make sense of that, please. Uh, because because how is that what I need to be listening to? And if the only thing that they ex- they have any expertise in is, is actually wrestling. And their wrestling opinions, as far as I'm concerned, suck. And the show sh- sucks. And the guy that's producing the show for them is a fucking dweeb. And he got exposed. And this is the level of respect he has in this industry. He got exposed by somebody he still works for. Because Conrad Thompson didn't want me and you being mad at him. <laughs> this is this is the this this is the bottom line. As much as we are are labeled as these nobodies and and Bin Hameen try to say try to say, oh, they're always gonna be at the bottom. They're never gonna move up or whatever. First of all, we're not trying to. And second of all, we must have some level of clout when Conrad Thompson is so scared of what we're gonna say on our shows about him because he wants to keep be friends with everybody that he threw Joe Feeney under the bus because he had no respect for Joe and decided to share private text messages so me and Brad would stop saying negative things about Conrad on the internet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very it's very interesting for sure. You know, uh, there is this group of people that gatekeeps and wants to keep us down and cancel us. And by the way, who the hell is Ben Hameen? Who is that guy? What has he ever done in this business? I haven't seen anything from him since he tried to challenge me to a fight. So unless he's talking about us, I actually don't see his name coming up. Oh, no one sees his name coming up because he's a nobody. Get your mop bucket, motherfucker. It's cleanup time. You're cleaning up my mess, bitch, because you're a nobody. And you have to hang off my nuts to get views, to get likes, to get attention. Did you see that? Did you see that message from uh, that I sent you on Twitter? I tweet, I DM'd you on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic. You know, I did see it. That's disturbing. Um, You know, and to me, you can read it. it, You can read it out. You can read it out, and and that and that will and that's a and I I, and that's a segue onto the the other topic, which we'll move on to, unless you have anything else to add to this. No, this is a perfect segue. So. 
you know, Billy gets a DM from someone says, uh, fuck you. Yes, you. Uh, apparently that's the, the creative username on uh, on X. So here's the message. I hope your son becomes a girl when he gets older, you piece of shit. I hope you lose money and you're flat that your father paid for you, wanker. Did your son come out of the closet yet? LOL, you got fired from K100. Who takes it up the ass, you or Brad? Billy, where are you? Are you in jail on here? Oh, Oof. that's um, actually only part one. There's a part two to this uh, disaster piece. Yeah, because obviously I was I did not respond to these. So, yeah, there's a part <laughs> there's a part two. Yeah, I, I, I just I just sat there ignoring these things. So I'm going to go ahead and, and read the second part to this. And, and I just I think people like this need help. So the message goes on. And this is in this person's words. Your son looks like a bitch like you. You are a faggot. Hey, faggot, you love the cock. I hope someone murders your whole family. What what the hell is wrong with these people? And and to bring that and to just and just to reiterate what that what that is about, this is wrestling. I do a different job. I do a different job where I never have received a message like this, where I literally tell people, go to work, take that money that you work for and invest it into the sports betting pick that I am telling you that you should put your hard-earned money on. And yeah, I have a winning record of, as, as I, as I've mentioned, and that's, that's this tracked and transparent statistical fact. But if you join up, for example, um, on a, say, for example, you haven't, say, for example, Brad, I'm advertising three winning weeks in the NFL and week four is a, is a disaster. And somebody's first day on my service involves them losing $1,000. I will never, ever, ever, ever get this message. How, how can that be possible? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, this is why people, you know, the audience in some ways today, this hardcore wrestling audience, they actually prevent in some ways the growth of pro wrestling because they are such a turnoff, you know, and yeah, and I just think about AEW because they seem to have really attracted that core toxic audience we're referring to. Like they're AEW that, how, fans. How, how much responsibility do you put from what you've experienced in the hands of those that AEW embraced as the so-called wrestling media by having, yeah. by having those embarrassing press conferences and then saying that we respect you as genuine, as a genuine form of media. And then those people who are in that bubble then choose to dox and dox people and and send people after those people who are not in the bubble thus encouraging this behavior um which has specifically been done to you so how does that how, how, how what's what's your reasoning or what's your kind of thoughts on on that in terms of how aw has kind of given these people um, a, a, a heightened, an enheightened uh, sense of entitlement, which they shouldn't have. Well, they certainly have. And it's essentially, it, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine situation. You know, they have put these 
toxic wrestling media folks in a pedestal to a degree. And hell, they hired one, Will Washington. And in exchange, you know, they're going to put over AEW. You know, they're going to be the mouthpiece for AEW talking points. You know, and, and had that sort of anti-WWE stance. It's just pathetic. But, you know, Tony Khan has co-opted the media. And the media in particular, you know, these prominent toxic wrestling media figures, they have created, they have heightened this sort of environment we're talking about with these people sending these threats and messages. And these people, these people have all been, you know, I, I guess triggered or in some way impacted by these wrestling media folks uh, who behave the way they do. Let's let's have a look at that um, that AE botches situation, um, AW botches situation. Like um, the 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 account's gone. Um, AEW wanted to have that account gone for a while, and they succeeded. Um, again, it kind of falls down to the into the into the doxing category. Um, I don't know if that's a, a term that everybody actually fully understands. I don't know if you want to uh, kind of go more into that. Uh, if you want, I know you don't probably want to go into detail with it, but you've had your own experiences, which resulted in you leaving the whole industry for a while. Um, so I think I have an opinion on it, but you're far at this portion of the show. Um, you're far more better, you're far more qualified, should I say, uh, to take the lead with this whole situation from based on your experience and um, and then obviously giving your take on it. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, Tony Khan ultimately has some accountability in this as well, again, for promoting these people. And, and you know, some of them, you know, like the Sean Saps. I mean, the way they've behaved, they've essentially radicalized specific wrestling fans. You know, the these fans who seem to like AEW, again, whatever is attracting them to that, these sort of toxic wrestling fans they seem to enjoy aew for whatever reason and uh there's plenty of accountability to go around i want to know why tony khan's not releasing a statement just a post on x saying hey yeah we shouldn't be you know threatening people doxing their family etc uh just because they criticize the company that i own you know or the company that i run I mean, something. Everybody in wrestling media, prominent people in wrestling, you know, AEW executives and leadership, nobody took a stand against what happened to AEW botches. They were perfectly fine allowing it to happen. And you have to wonder if they played any role in these sort of attacks whatsoever, uh, whether it be influencing or giving ideas you know, radicalizing them through their own behavior. You know, it's um, it's very interesting. I'd say that's certainly possible. Do you think it's possible in the next, if they don't get a lid on it and um, they, they continue to um, pour fuel on this this kind of, um, what what even is it? It's not wrestling war because it's not competitive. Or the, or, or the fact that they, I mean, actually, the reality and facts is actually irrelevant here because they pretend that it's competitive. And that's the thing. They, they put this 
fake narrative out there that they are in a wrestling war and thus subsequently encourage tribal behavior. So as a result and consequence of this, do you believe that in the next five years, somebody might actually approach someone in person with a wrestling opinion and it could result in, um, you know, a, a break into a house, um, a genuine, um, a genuine threat to somebody's family, um, an attack, um, you know, physical or, or acid or just, just, you know, acid in the face or, I don't know, mm-hmm. like, w- 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 I, I don't, I, dis- I think it's unlikely, I discredit the possibility just because I know in reality, these people are gutless, they're, they're losers, like society has not treated them well, um, they're not people who do as they say, and ultimately I've been around them a lot, and I know that the people behind their keyboards um, have seen me face to face. And have done nothing. I'll give you a prime example, actually, Brad. Um, there's a guy who was on my, um, who was on, was he on YouTube? Or was it, uh, yeah, sorry, he started a YouTube, he, no, yeah, he did. He made a YouTube video and posted it on my, on X, basically saying that um, he'd been to my bar. He went to the bar the day of AEW. And instead of confronting me about all of these things he hated that I said, he took all of these pictures of me standing around with my buddies. He posted all of these photographs and he went into my dad's bar and he put up a couple of Get My Go stickers, um, which is Joe Feeney's podcast. Um, <laughs> that, that's what he did. He put a couple of um, stickers in the bar, took some selfies, uh, hidden hiding his face, obviously, um, and, took, and took loads of photos of me and my son and, post, and put them into a YouTube compilation video. That was what they did in real life. I don't know what that was set to achieve. Um, it certainly didn't make AEW's attendance any higher or make me wrong about the fact that I was correct the entire time. And so was my dad, who doesn't give a fuck about wrestling. Believe it or not, my dad at no point gave a fuck about wrestling. <laughs> the only time my dad gave a fuck about wrestling was when he, when I used to live with him uh, in my teenage years. And he would say, why the fuck are you watching this shit? That's how much my dad, <laughs> that's how much my dad cares about it in fact actually i'll tell you a story like one time the many times i've i've spoken to brett hart and once had him on as a guest i said to brett hart the biggest compliment that i can actually give you was the fact that my dad hated wrestling and always hated when i had it on but he would actually go he would actually literally say i don't like any of these guys but i like him he goes i i like watching him and he would say to me is Bret Hart wrestling today? And I would say, I don't, yeah, he's on the show. Well, no, he's not on the show. And he would watch it. And that's a genuine comment. And that's a genuine compliment to Bret Hart. And I told yeah. him it. And he really liked that uh, when, when, I, when I was speaking to Bret about it. So that, that's as far back as my dad goes about wrestling. To think that he would have any interest in my job or my take on the internet or me asking him uh, the facts about the status of the event and then stating them and being proven correct has nothing to do with him at all. Trust me, he had no dog in the race. His dog in the race was fucking 20 years ago when he was correctly probably telling me at this point, don't watch this. Um, <laughs> because I feel that obviously whilst I thought that period was absolutely fantastic, yeah. um, I probably enjoyed it too much because at the end of the day, if we're here, 
and we've taken to the point and when we've reached the point where we're deciding to do podcasts about it and especially if we're engaged in in um in these stupid little internet wars and whatnot then at one point we were fans enough to develop a passionate love for the product Mm. and still uh to this point not only talk about it um but but um hope for it to become better uh, because we once witnessed it uh, to a level where we became super fans. Now, the term super fan has been very much changed by, you know, these people that go to shows like fucking Frank the Clown and the Brock Lesnar uh. guy and these and these fans that um, that post up signs like I miss my son's birth to be to go to AW. <laughs> um, no, that's mm. not that's that's awful. That's sad. And that's not like the point that we've we've ever reached but there is still the underlying hope that and this is where it all comes down to and this is what people are, don't understand i've got no issue with aw being successful i want it to be successful i want i want i want everybody to be successful because at the end of the day my job is to sit here and on a weekly basis and to dissect that show and to watch with a level of attention so that I can recall and give an opinion on everything that happens. I have to do that. I have to put these hours aside and do it. Do you honestly fucking think, you morons, that I want that to be bad? Do you honestly think that I want to suffer through it and I want to be bored? Do you think I want to watch something that bores me or do you think I want it to be the very best version of itself that it could possibly be? So I say, Hey, this is actually fun watching it, and this is fun to talk about it too. Not fuck me, this is shit, and fuck me, I now need to talk about it. Yeah. What do you think I want to do, Brad? What do you think I want to do? It it's a turnoff to, you know, again, this this modern audience is is a turnoff to the fan base growing uh, because you go to a show, in particular, non WWE is where you're more likely to see it, but you know it's. It's like a bunch of like, you know, mostly stinky single white dudes, you know, and like they're just socially awkward. And it's just a turnoff from going mainstream because normal people are less likely to like that shit when that's your audience. You know, so that's just kind of what it is. And people may get mad when they hear that, but it's just true. Uh, And so that's why the WWE way of catering to like you know families and whatnot and a larger audience versus that AEW audience it tends to attract a little more normal people you know that's why i'm more likely to go to a wwe show than an AEW show like who wants but, to be around that audience but as, as, as content content creators as we both are you know there is you know some there is sometimes a lot that you can do with a bad show um you, you know because you can it does make for sometimes more interesting content and there is stuff admittedly that we that we can do when shows are, are very bad and it sometimes it does make for easier content but on a week-to-week basis you know that there's a shelf life for that and you know that as far as um your own enjoyment and time investment goes that you actually would actually prefer to want it to want it to be better you don't want to have consistent bad shows every week so your so it actually becomes almost a theme of your show because then you get tagged with the whole oh this guy criticizes everything this guy hates everything it's it's not that like we've always tried to be 100 percent honest i've just right, paid right. 
I've complimented the the end of the end of Raw, and when I do my review, I'll compliment um, or every time. Like I try and always find the bits. I'm always I'm almost force feeding a pros list from every show because I don't so badly don't want to be that podcast that hates it that hates wrestling. Um, but yeah, but th- this whole thing of like, oh, they want to hate everything and they don't want to like anything. And then that message, you know the one, um, though those those few little words, why do you watch? Stop watching then. Stop watching then. That one that comes mm-hmm. up. Um, that that that's the one that that really <clears throat> is most consistent because it's just a case of you know then the answer could never be, I want it to be better or what or how about it, how about it just how about it just becomes better, but. As getting back to the original point, um, these these tribal fans apparently are 100% happy with what they see. And if you have any kind of different opinion, um, you will be threatened like this, um, including these death threats that AW botches, me and you have have suffered from. Mm. Um, but where do you, what do you think the the end game for for this is um, in terms of an account like that, and in just in terms of um, where AEW are, well, the, the path that AEW are leading these people down and not, they're not intercepting and doing anything about it. Well, they're certainly putting bad energy into the community. And I am afraid that they're radicalizing mentally disturbed fans and it could escalate to a violent or dangerous situation. You never know, right? You always have to take those things seriously or because you never know uh, what lunatic is behind X saying the sort of things like they're messaging you um, or they're, you know, doing to me and et cetera. But yeah, you think, so you, I, think, I, you think as a wrestling journalist that you could, that you could in that you could attract the level of obsession that that for for instance happened to Sonya and Mandon with the with the breaking and everything like that. You think that could happen to journalists? I would say it's more than likely now than ever could happen because in many ways the journalists have become more interesting to this internet audience than a lot of the wrestlers. You know, um, they they put these melters and saps on a pedestal. Um, so they are polarizing. Will it happen? I'm not sure that it'll necessarily happen. Anything's possible. But I do think because of the time we're in in the wrestling space, it's more likely than ever compared to, you know, let's say 25 years ago when nobody really cared and social media really wasn't around in a significant way. Yeah, um, but what do you, what do you think the future is then for anybody trying to kind of have this kind of account? Do you think that AW botches will come back? Do you think people will just? Do you think in the end, through tribal tribal behavior and through and through basically um, creating this kind of the, the, this tribe of of people who continually try to to cancel you and whatnot for having alternative opinions or or calling them out on their shit? Um, people will just give up trying to make these accounts. Whereas, actually, uh, and also, what do you think about just just a two to two so two tier question? What do you also think about maybe what AEW botches was saying before it was cancelled um, that these this company isn't safe and they do need to take some precautions and they do need a training facility or like a like a performance center or something like that and perhaps we stop taking such stupid risks in matches and maybe these accounts wouldn't exist maybe like how do you how do you think that work out in terms of accounts trying trying to exist 
and maybe taking on board the the message that account these accounts were trying to deliver. Well, I think the intent was for these people to bully in silence through threatening violence uh, to silence AEW botches. I think that was the intent. So they're hoping he'll go away forever. They're hoping this will prevent a future AEW botches, whoever that may be, starting an account and doing the same thing. They are hoping to bully people into not criticizing AEW. And, you know, it was never about laughing at wrestlers getting hurt. That's not what the account was about. The account was about raising awareness to a lot of wrestlers getting injured uh, because they don't have proper training and they're taking unnecessary risks and nobody would listen and change it. So he was bringing awareness to that in a brash way. And I thought it was in some ways an important role in the community to have attention to something that is is bringing awareness to these sort of dangerous risks, because ultimately, if you care about the wrestlers, you don't want to see them doing stupid shit that's unnecessary where they can get hurt. So, you know, but they want to silence it. And I think they're hoping they've silenced it. And I do think those sort of uh, criticisms will always be around, whether there's a new AEW botches account or not. And the only way that'll change is if AEW changes. And that's up to Tony Khan. But do you think that has been a two? A, so what I'm trying to say is, do you think there's been a two-level approach? So when I say two-level approach, I say, number one, get the account cancelled. That's mm-hmm. level one. But number two on that would be, internally, though, get the account cancelled because it's embarrassing, but also attack level two of the embarrassment, which would be to actually um, address the concerns of the issues outlined by the account and try to work more uh, work more safely to as opposed to preventing those accounts from reoccurring because you continue to deliver this this style of wrestling where yeah. someone like Moxley will, will will take two pile drivers um when he was when he was injured um do you, do you continue just to brush that under the carpet and say we're gonna do us we're gonna be us and we're gonna be unsafe and we don't give a we don't give a shit and if you say anything we'll cancel you or is it two tiered to the level where you say, "Yeah, we cancel you, but we hear you, and we're trying to take it on board." Well, I'd love for that to be the case. I'd love for them to say, "Hey, there's something we can take away from this to help the safety of our performers." And the problem is, there's no evidence that they're doing that. So no. I don't buy that. You know, I, I don't think they're going to do that. Everything I have learned about Tony Khan is he is not very receptive to direct feedback uh, or criticism. I just, there's no evidence it's going to happen. I would love for it to happen, uh, but I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to be viewed as a negative and something they're going to ignore. So moving forward, it's just going to continue to be um, a case of shutting down all of those accounts and us seeing what we to summarize and us just continuing to see what we see on television. There's no, because when you see, for example, I saw fucking, I've gone long here, but I keep remembering things. And you know what, actually I'll say this last thing and then we will save 
everything for your show because I'm scheduled to go on there in the next in the next few weeks. And uh, there's a lot of stuff actually that we've that we've kept back, uh, which actually includes Tony Khan this week himself saying that we have the best roster and in response to the Jade Cargill thing and and, and things like that. So there are a lot of subject matters that we say. Mm-hmm. But when you have Eddie Kingston out there, and this is the last thing, saying that he's the best boss and here's why he's the only boss that listens. I've heard him here. I've heard, I've sat there and watched him here great ideas and terrible ideas and even the terrible ideas he'll say he'll take that he'll take it he has the respect to take it on board and tell that guy okay what can let let's let me work with you on this so that was Eddie Kingston's suck up take as to like why Tony Khan is such a great boss mm. and whatnot do you yeah think well there, yeah did you well do you think there needs to be a case of actually that isn't a fucking that isn't a fucking positive to sit there and talk to a whole bunch of wrestlers and then putting their ideas onto television, there has to be a reason why, obviously, that's in a perfect world when you want to sign wrestler X, Y, and Z, um, you want to do everything possible to appease them. That would be the easy way out. And we've seen in the past that that's happened in a monetary capacity where people have been given creative control and, been given a lot of money and i think kevin nash said there was something called favored nations and we know all that's mm. happened in wrestling before but there has to be a, a reason brad why nobody has flat out turned around no promoter in history no matter how much they wanted to compete with wwe or whoever and however much they wanted this guy or that guy has said hey i will sit down and talk to every single one of you and we'll let you give you your ideas and we'll do your ideas to a certain extent. There must be a way or a reason, sorry, why every promoter has decided as successful as I want to be, as much as I want to compete, I just can't let the wrestlers do all their ideas. Surely there's a common sense reason for that. Of course. And of course, Burger Kingston just signed a four-year deal with AEW. So uh, he can drop the analingus act. He's got his money. But, you know, it is uh, pretty ridiculous because, again, I think you look at WCW and creative control and, you know, that can very quickly get out of control when you've got the inmates running the asylum. Uh, You have to be a boss, ultimately. And I'm not saying that the creative aspect can't be collaborative, but you certainly can't have the talent deciding what they're going to do. It's your product. It's your money. It's your ass on the line. So to some degree, you want to listen to that, of course, but it's on you. So you have to sign off on what's going to work in your opinion. Well, I'll say this and I'll finish off on this and we'll we'll save it all for your show, because, I mean, this is a short version of what we wanted to um, of we, we, what we usually do. And it's still very long. But uh, I'll say this. Um, Tony Khan has an organization, a huge organization, a national organization who was supposed to win their division this year, uh, started one and two and lost to a team this weekend who have eight wins in the last two seasons. Mm. So that for me would be a huge, huge concern. Um, I would not be prioritizing sitting down, talking to every wrestler, especially someone on the level of Eddie, Eddie Kingston, and using my week to do that and my time to do that 
for this show when my massive franchise, who was potentially supposed to do a lot this year, I don't know if you how into football you are, but you you may or may not know that the Jags were wide favourites to win their division this year, the AFC yeah. South. Um, and have started like that and had a very bad loss at the weekend. So, Well, the Texans kicked their ass. It was embarrassing. Right. And now they're over here. They're in London for two weeks where they play all of the time. And the expectation is obviously that they will go one and one because they got Atlanta um, this Sunday. And then the week after they play the Bills, um, there's a very good chance that they could come off that 0-2 and be going back to the U.S. with a 1-4 and record. I don't think that will happen. I think they'll get right this week. But um, but ultimately, you're not steamrolling through your division. You haven't got a winning record right now, which really should have been guaranteed given that two of your first three games were against the Colts and the Texans who are in your division, which is one of the reasons why it's so easy because they're mm-hmm. on a down year and, and nobody's giving Tennessee a hope of doing much this year either. So, this is the type of conversation what we're having now on a wrestling show that Tony Khan should be having uh, it from a business standpoint, where he should be, in my opinion, saying saying to AEW or saying or, or or putting somebody there and saying, "Hey, I need to be away now. I need to be less involved in this for the next sixteen weeks because the football season is short. I need to be around my around the team. I need to be like sort of." If I need to be there to address the issues as to why we've made this start or if my coaches or my staff or my players or anybody needs anything, we need to be making sure that this season is successful. And we, we, and we reach the minimum requirement, the minimum requirement of getting to the playoffs as the winners of the AFC South. That should be the number one thing in, on the priority list for both, for both the Shard and for Tony. But he's sitting there and Eddie Kingston's praising him that he fucking sits down and talks to every wrestler about their goofy idea. So I think that's a good lead off point for your show. Maybe we time that to maybe we time that in to do that exactly after both after the Jags leave London and uh, then we'll pick up and and uh, over on um, over on your show and see how they did. How's that? Yeah, no, that sounds good. That'd be very interesting. You can follow my show iTunes, Spotify, etc. Allow me to apologize. Uh, I think if you enjoy Billy's shows, uh, you'll enjoy my show. Uh, appreciate your support. Follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at It's B Shep, B-E-S-H-E-P. And I always actually say this. I think I I, I think whereas we have um, similar opinions, I, can't, I, I, I I believe Brad is a better podcaster than me. Um, I, 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 I like the way he does his one man show. I do one man shows too for, for, um, for sports bang, but it's very, um, formulaic. It's in terms of, mm. we do match one, we do match two, we give you some data, we give you a pick. Um, I think it's a, a, a very, I mean, I've, I've, I've started doing it now for my pay content and it's a lot more difficult to do what you do, um, and to structureize it and to, you know, I, I, I never see you, I never see you stumble on, on a sentence. Um, you go from like point to point. Um, everything is segued very, very well. Um, yeah, Brad's a very, a very good podcaster and somebody who should have been given a job um, in this industry um, until until it became too woke. Um, because it's, it's, a, it's an alternative voice that we should have out there. 
um, and it shouldn't be cancelled or shut down the way that um, the way that he, he has been. So yeah, if they, if you do like alternative opinions, which shouldn't be alternative because both should be out there equally, especially given the product. And this is a generous assessment of the product is very hit and miss. Um, you should be able to get both sides of that. But obviously both of us, um, everybody's made attempts to shut us down completely. But we're still, whilst 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 people like Conan and Disco and Bin Hameen try to do our content, they try to cancel us and then try to be us on their shows because they know there's a market for it. Um, but they try and stay on the, whilst they're trying to, they're, the formula is very simple as to how you, how they, how, so their formula of success is very simple. Copy someone like me and Brad, um, whilst also not getting under the skin of your Sean Ross saps and people like that so that you can avoid mass, ca mass cancellation. Because if you can hit that nice little middle where your friends are everybody, but you can also copy the way that we do things, then you're onto a winner. And I think to their credit, or that's what Conan and Disco and, and, and Joe Feeney and they and they, they've tried to do. Um, but then don't fucking sit there and try and say that we are the fucking antichrist when you know this is a this is a type of content that people have a desire to listen to. And you literally um, try to, to piggyback off it. So yeah. Um, that's what we'll leave it there because I think there's loads more to say, and I know you're probably itching to respond to that, but we'll we'll hold back and um, we'll we'll leave it for your show. So that's it for me. That's it for Brad. Next time we'll be together, we'll be over on his show. Um, I'll let you know on this show exactly when that will be, um, and we'll even post links and whatnot on our Twitter and our descriptions and whatnot. Until then, thanks for listening.